Hello and welcome back. Sorry, I fucked that up. <laughs> <laughs> Never look directly into the camera, Donovan. Never. Hello and welcome back to a Shingles F40 podcast full episode. We had put out a few SA40 shorts prior to this. Meg, you are one full episode in and have dominated the SA40 shorts. How do you think it's going so far? Well, so far it's so it's so good. So far, so good. I think my niece caught wind of the pussy episode, so um, that was a conversation I didn't think I would be having when she was nine. But um, other than that, it's been great. Well, this is a pretty exciting episode because we have a guest, one of many, I hope. This guest is a very special guest. Not only is she our first guest, but she is someone I've known for most of my life. She is one of the most empathetic people I know. She is a strong woman an educator and a caregiver. She is, of course, a person with ADHD, which is why she is a guest on the show. She has uh, an amazing teenage daughter who I call my niece. I am pleased to introduce Mindy Robinson, my cool little sister, and she told me to add cool FYI. (laughs) So yes. Hello, Mindy. Uh, Welcome to Shingles at 40 podcast. Hello. How's it going? Great so, intro. Yeah, thank you. So in, in this episode, we, we really wanted to really touch on women and ADHD, which I think this is a you and Meg uh, episode. Uh, but before I let you both get into it, what has your initial experience been with coming on the show run by people with ADHD? Um, it's been an adventure. We were all on the same page and just like not on the same page. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's the t- a good way to put text it. The text thread was great. Very, very, very well put. (laughs) Kept me on my toes this morning. So yeah, well, great to see you again, Mindy. Um, We've met, we've met briefly, but haven't, haven't really had a very like in-depth conversation, especially about ADHD. So I'm excited to, to get your perspective and, and talk with you about it. Um, I just wanted to start with, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Um, This is always the hardest part for me is talking about myself. But um, my story, I, so I grew up in Dryden, Ontario. I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to be an actress my whole life. Um, that didn't really pan out, um, but I still always had that like, that kind of dream and went for it, moved away, didn't work out, moved back to Dryden, then eventually down the line. I don't, I'm so sorry, you guys, I'm the worst at talking about myself. <laughs> that's actually a, that's actually an ADHD trait, by the way, so... <laughs> That's a common yeah. thing. Even even like hearing like the intro and like I'm like oh my goodness this is like <laughs> so this is really therapeutic actually I find because then you do actually you're kind of forced to talk about yourself a bit more which which helps and gets you kind of the practice of it I don't know if that's a thing but but you have to, as, as as you go I think and Meg can probably attest to this is as you go. He starts feeling more comfortable and then you yeah. start talking. It's the initial part is like almost like trying to get those pet. Hey, analogy time. Ah, yeah, <laughs> analogy. And so my analogy, and we, you could throw some more out, was these episodes are like a, a bike trying to get the bike going. And once you get going, it's like you're going fast. And then, oh, and then you can't stop. Oh, that is a great then, analogy. And that's actually don't have that's very true. Are you still, are you still a stylist? No, I am. That's been oof, 
So my, yeah, changed jobs, many, another ADHD trait, many, many, all different, like none are even close to the same, but hair I did for four years, loved, like I loved where I worked. I didn't like the hair, but the place of work was amazing. Like I loved, I loved it there. Um, doing hair, it's just, I couldn't do what I wanted. Everybody just wanted highlights and, you know, all that. So it's like, I wanted to do like, barbering and like funky cuts and yeah. stuff and it was never presented to me so I kind of got bored of it and then started the cleaning business with Donovan's help and did that from two th- 2017 to like still kind of doing it like it's on the side but so no so long story short no I don't do it <laughs> I love this long-winded story so when um what what prompted you to actually seek out a, or did you seek out a diagnosis actually um my daughter which I did get permission to talk about her so it's all good um but she started a new school which has been mentioned Donna mentioned it med school um that transformed her life first of all um because she was going down a bad path and like making some questionable decisions and uh she decided you know she was very unhappy in the school. Donovan told us about med school. So we looked into it and we did the whole process to get in. She got in. Then while she was there, um, halfway into her first year, her teacher suggested, you know, like, has she ever been checked out for ADHD? And I said, no, but I was going to look into it. So then I was reading up on it. And as I'm reading everything, I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, I have that. Oh, that's me. Oh, that's me too. Oh, okay. Everything. And I'm like, I think I have it too. Okay. So then we did the whole process and got diagnosed and medicated and it's transformed both of our lives. Like she's just like amazing. She's doing so well. I'm so proud of her. And like my struggles are a lot less just because now I can understand what it is. I think naming it helps kind of with the process of like, living through it I guess if that makes if that makes sense no totally (laughs) it gives like you're being able to identify anything is reassuring and and allows you to kind of understand and look into it I think which is yeah very helpful yeah definitely it's an answer I'm always about the why like I want the why all the time yeah and and looking back like oh wow like all these things that I struggled in school and the teachers would get so mad at me for things and just like, you know, the, the punishments that they did too were so like, when I think back on it, I'm like, what did that even do? What was the point of that? Like, what were you trying to get out of that? Cause I learned nothing. I just learned, Oh, I better hide what I'm doing a little more so I don't get caught. Yeah. Right. It's like, I'm not learning from anything. You're Like I bit my nails really bad and like my teachers would make me sit on my hands and they're like, you're going to sit on your hands for the rest of class. Are you and then, serious? Oh, yeah, it was bad. Well, that still happens in schools, right? Like there's still there's still a lack of education in, in this disorder. And yeah. I think it's getting better. But I've come across situations that made me very angry. But it's it's lack of knowledge and just the traumas that kids are going through. Cause, and you have to redefine what trauma is, right? If getting a kid to sit on their hands in a classroom in front of their other students that's traumatic right and and that and if that those things happen day over day it 
leads to these disorders, right? So, or the, the, yeah, just trying to get somebody to sit down and like, you have to stay sitting for hours and hours and like pay attention, focus is how, like, that's impossible. It's counterintuitive to what would actually help you progress. It's punishing you for ways that you don't. Yeah, exactly. Well, well that's what med school, and that's why med school is, is, which I learned recently, that med school is part of big picture learning, which is a business. And under that model is like Montessori. And, and, oh. and teachers are to be coaches or mentors rather than, somebody telling you and what the answer is or whatever life can be a little bit easier for you if if you have the right environment <laughs> but the world's not made for us right so it's no it's made as cookie cutters and um unfortunately i i think even before um neurodivergent kind of neurodivergency kind of came into more of a public light and uh, conversation. Uh, I don't think that anybody really did fit into that mold. So I'm not quite sure where that started or what, but that actually leads me into another thing. Cause I, like I had told you before Donovan, my mom was an elementary school teacher. And so I believe I've had ADHD my whole life. Um, but it was, but because my mom saw, uh, I guess associated it in a negative way, like as a negative thing that it was like kids with troubles had ADHD and it was, and it was almost always boys. And then when I was having troubles, she was like, well, you're, you have depression, you have anxiety. And that's, those are also like go hand in hand with it with ADHD um, primarily. And I would suspect possibly because of the stigma that it, that it held for so long and, and still does to an extent, uh, which is why we're doing this. Yeah, it's it was as a female, I think that it's often overlooked, especially at a young age. So it's really good that like you got your daughter to to get that checked out and 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 catch that early before while she can still like while she's still like in that prime of like growing and becoming who she is, you know. Um, my question for you: When you were younger, were you very hyper? I okay. Here's a funny thing: I wanted to do everything, yeah. so I was in ballet for actually for a very long time but I also wanted to be in brownies and girl scouts and take volleyball and gymnastics and so everything and my mom always felt so bad saying no because I was showing interest in things right if we had a reading competition at work where you could get or at school we were like if you read a certain amount of books you'd get a free pizza from pizza hut I was like I'm reading all 45 books in like a week you know like it just kind Kind of like, and looking back, I can see that, but I've noticed that as I, as I've grown up, that amount of wanting to do everything is actually almost debilitating because it's, it's like you see everything as a, pers as like a whole kind of, or at least that's my experience. I see everything as a whole and then it's just overwhelming. So sometimes then it just is like, I can't do anything. So now I'm just going to have a little pity party and uh, watch TV all day. Because you're doing too much, right? You're trying to get it all in, all in. And you're like, I can do it. I can do it. And then once you have it all, you're just like, holy, can we say shit on you? Yeah. 
Oh, okay, holy. Pussy, like more times than I could shake a stick at. Yeah. Donovan said. So I think we can stick. Um, yes, my niece went to see the Barbie movie and I asked her what her favorite part was. And she said, when the girl swears at the end and it just goes, Mattel! It comes up in front of her face. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. It's, I, it's actually, I, I enjoyed it. But mostly yeah. just because I had Barbies as kids. And I was like, I remember that Barbie. I remember that. Like Michael Sarah plays um, a male Barbie. Like he's not a Ken. And I remember my aunt had all these super old Barbies. And one of them was like the original one of him. And he was wearing the same outfit as it as he was when I was a kid. I, yeah, the nostalgia of that movie. Yeah, yeah, I think that was what it is. Anyway, I digress. Isn't that what this this uh, podcast is about, digressing? I think that's pretty much <laughs> what we do, like, nine times out yeah. of ten. It just goes down a rabbit hole in different directions. I'm always, yeah, if I get into, like, conversations with people and I notice that I'm, like, all over the map. If I haven't apologized enough, I apologize constantly that's another thing we do as not just as canadians but as adhders it's like double for us yeah (laughs) maybe all canadians have adhd maybe so what do you do you find uh what do you find is the biggest struggle that you've been able to identify as being related to your adhd well, with my new job, I love the job. Love it. It's like the best job I've ever had. Definitely going to stick with this one for a very long time. But my biggest struggle is like anything to do with like paperwork and stuff like that is something that I just, I know it needs to be done. It's like the typical everything, right? I know it needs to be done. I know what I have to do. It's just the pressure of starting it overwhelms me. And then I'm, I leave it and leave it and leave it last second. And then I can get it done quickly when it's like that last little bit. But I think that for me, I feel like I answered. Did I answer that question right? 100%. And I can totally identify with that because I'm an Olympic level procrastinator. I will leave everything to the last minute. And sometimes like even putting gas in my car, I will wait until like it's at the point where I'm like, can I make it to my destination? I don't know, but I'm going to try because I just don't feel like it, but mostly because I'm supposed to. I don't know why that seems like the biggest <laughs> Well, thing. I do that. If I'm on empty and I'm going home, I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll fill it up in the morning on my way out to wherever I'm going. Then I forget and I'm late to get to oh, where yeah. I'm going and I can't get gas. Uh-huh. And so that's the, that's the issue. Like what's simple to one person is not like... Yeah. <laughs> We, you know, in our family, there's people that can't even turn on a computer, but they yeah. can build a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah. simple, simple is, is, is relative. Right. Yeah. So it, it'd be nice to, to look at this as a whole, like all of these, what are all the jobs people with ADHD are in and what are the things that they do really well? And what are the things that they don't and address those as Maybe they shouldn't even be doing this or is there a way to make it a lot simpler because it is the procrastination or the feeling like you probably feel and this is how I get when I see a task as a whole, I get so overwhelmed. But if I can take it down, but I still even in your mind taking it down to that little thing, you're still looking at the big picture. But it's like, yeah, it just, yeah. So it's like all that and people are all different. So looking at systems for all companies is just going to help productivity. And I think that's where these companies really need to invest in. Well, and that is definitely 
that's an ADHD thing. It's task initiation. So you're you're not able to get started on something, which is it's paralysis. Like you're like Yes, that's exactly that's very what it common. is. It's like mental paralysis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But once I get started, yeah, then you can go. I know. Don't, don't interrupt me because I need to like, yeah. And then I can like boom, boom, boom. But so what do you feel? What do you ADHD? ADHD. ADHD. What do you What do you find is with the job that you're in now and and stuff? I both the empathy that you have as well as kind of the reward factor of feeling like you're doing an impact. What do you feel is is your is your kind of for lack of a better term superpower in in that regard is is there a a emotion or trait that you think contributes to being helpful and successful and contributing positively to to your job I'm very I can get along with many different people like I I I have since high school like I was kind of like had friends in all the different like groups I would just make friends with like different people in in different groups in high school and stuff and like I know I call it the chameleon syndrome I have it too and I do the same thing where it's like I can get along with everybody I'll just adjust to what you read because you because you can also like I think as natural empaths we can feel the energy that people are kind of giving off very much and so that helps you to adjust and and kind of contour things that you're doing to accommodate certain people's needs and stuff. So yeah, yeah. There's a term. Uh, I think it's like cloning. Like you're kind of cloning the people you're around or trying to like. So do you feel like? Do you feel? Yeah. Do you feel like you're you're like you we're ma- we're good at masking, right? Like I'm very similar in that way where I've had so many different groups of friends and I'm different when I'm in those groups of friends. When I'm with this one group, I'm the way that they are. And when I'm in this group, I'm the way that they are. Yeah. And I always felt like I'm not myself. Uh, but, but I think knowing this disorder too, I've kind of learned and been a little bit more confident in like, yeah, I have this disorder and that's, you know, it's not an excuse. Like we, we just discussed Meg, it's not an excuse for doing things that you do but it's an explanation right so sometimes yeah that's why i think it was meg that that coined that term <laughs> we've been trying to coin terms every once in a while what was the other one we were doing what was the other one we did um it's my time i wrote oh, it down yes. where is it it's not me it's my time clock <laughs> time clock so your internal time clock when you're when you have a, so i guess the explanation or the the uh, example was I I would be, I have to pick up my kids. I have to leave the house at four. So in my mind, I have to leave the house at four. Four o'clock hits, and now I'm like, where are my keys? I can't find my shoe. I oh, I forgot to put the car seats in the back seat. So now it's like jet. So it's, so our internal clocks don't really. We have we have a terrible perception of time, and so ideally, I should say I have to leave at three fifty, not four, because. Because I'll get out at four, but that, yeah. so then the excuse was when you're late, sorry, it wasn't me. It was my time clock. I like that. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I'm actually, for the most part, the opposite of like running late. I'll run way too early. Like I'll be at work or something half an hour early than, than I'm supposed to be because well, that's the same thing. 
Right. It's like the opposite. It's the same concept. Yeah. yeah because you're. It's just in reverse. And I'm like, well, so anything can happen. Anything can happen on my way there. I need to. So you've for convinced yourself that I need to be there really early. And then you're, I'm, I'm usually fairly early and I'm always the first one and then I have to wait. But the other terrible thing is when I have something coming up, there could be two, three hours until that time. I can't really do anything. I don't want to yes. start anything. And I'm just waiting because I'm like, I don't want to start something because I know I'll, I'll get entrenched in that thing and then I'll have to stop. And... <laughs> I just love talking to like-minded people. There's something so therapeutic about it. Being like, oh my God, I'm not a freak. Is there anybody that you've else in your family like do either your, have you noticed anybody else in your family uh that have like neurodivergent qualities or something that you can identify now that you know more about it I'm pr- i probably i would say probably everybody in our family mostly my thing is like, honestly is like who doesn't like <laughs> i mean i know that's and i know like you know what that's a no that's like, very true because it is a spectrum and like everybody kind of has a certain element of it and it comes yeah. into play and i know that could be like cards. controversial thing to say some people don't really like it but i mean like i don't mean everyone does but it's it's the way the world is now it's just yeah. becoming like there's so much stimuli everywhere so like it's it's like everybody it's going in that direction so i guess the world is kind of changing for us i guess if you think that's true i don't necessarily know that it's a positively conducive way that it's going i i do i do have that struggle too with like coming off as rude or and we're probably we're probably the least rude people out there <laughs> and, and it's like but the people who like are rude and stuff like don't care no they don't give a shit I know. I wish I could just be like, send done out of my brain. I can't do it. Yeah, I hold on to it. Like there'll probably be many things in this that I'll be like, why did I? Why did I say that? Why did I? Oh, like I was just all like, and then it'll be totally fine. It's fine. Like it's not. But I build this thing in my head in this whole scenario that didn't even happen. Oh, I know. Yeah, and you build it up, and it's crazy how much it can like. It affects my sleep my day everything because you can't stop thinking about it we've had this conversation uh meg and i before and something happened recently that i was gonna bring up because i knew this is what what you were thinking but maybe i'm just making an assumption i canceled uh an event on a friday because we had a reoccurring and i canceled it because i had another meeting and she sent me a text going, hey, I noticed you canceled the event, which we've never even went on these events <laughs> the last couple of times. We kept missing yeah, them anyways. Yeah. But I had a meeting, so I just I canceled it, which I never – we just had it there. And she was like, I noticed you canceled that event. Is, is something wrong? Did uh... So I think she – I feel like because I did that, you went on this panic mode of like, oh, he's – probably thinking I'm not I'm doing this or this or or what's he thinking and I was like oh she definitely I, this all went through her head I was like I probably should have went hey I have this meeting I gotta cancel this but I thought well we we weren't meeting anyway so I just didn't think anything of it no I know I know and that's really fine and that's why it's funny it's just like because one of those things that you but just that's so that was what went <laughs> you through just your automatically head like what was going it. through your head yeah yeah the perfect example of it 
and if you hadn't canceled it, and usually because we just texted, I'm like, hey, you want to hop on the like link or whatever. But I wouldn't have thought of it otherwise if you hadn't canceled it, and then you canceled it, and I was like, rut row. <laughs> so. We, I would say we weren't, we didn't grow up super close, right? <laughs> like, I mean, in the sense of like, like close as like you'd be with a friend or something or hanging out. We never really did that. And I think we did. But, and then when we were diagnosed, both of us realized we have this. Yeah. That kind of created a bit of a bond, which we could talk about and like, oh, but there's still like, we're very different, yeah. I think. And we, people didn't think we were brother and sister uh, growing up. Like they were like, oh, you guys are brother and sister. We didn't, I think there's some similarities in like mannerisms that people can touch on, but I don't think we look like, and so people would always be like, oh, you're not related. And, uh, but then also like our traits are very different. There's a lot of similarities, like the very common ones that we all have, but I think you two have a lot of similarities. And I'm wondering if that's the traits maybe that are more so with women who have ADHD or is it. I'm just in front of two people that are very much alike and it's <laughs> because it's not ADHD <laughs> traits aren't your personality, right? That's a lot of people think like that person's this way or this way. It's ADHD. Yeah. So I, 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 I was just mm-hmm. throughout that question. Thoughts on it? No, that's actually a really good point. And, and something that was something I wanted to touch on too, because like I, I had mentioned to Donovan before, my sister and I weren't always the closest and no one would guess we were sisters she's blue eyes blonde hair like when we were kids people would always be like oh my god personalities were very different and she has her own like neurodivergencies but in a different way like kind of ocd-ish and and stuff like that and she's embracing them a lot more and with me embracing mine i've found that we've actually kind of found a connection that seems to work really well um but that's actually so funny that you you guys and because the minute that you said that donovan i was looking at the two of you and i was like wow they really don't look alike that much but i can tell what your mannerisms are the same you have very similar i've noticed that too actually whenever i see there's a video of your graduation um donovan that you had that i i remember watching and we were both sitting on the table but we both did the exact same thing and in that moment I was like whoa like that was identical like you there right there you can tell we're siblings um but like yeah like just to see us side by side you'd never really be able to tell yeah do you do you guys want to play a little bit of a, a game okay yeah I pulled up the executive functioning so we could identify them. Okay. I'm going to name all of them. Yeah. And then both of you okay. or however you want to do it would kind of identify which you think you're probably have the most dysfunction in. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. Oh, no. That's, this is fun. I like that. Self-deprecation. One is impulse control which is think before acting, emotional control, keep feelings in check, flexible thinking, adjust behavior to unexpected changes, working memory, keep key information in mind, self-monitoring, self-awareness to how one is doing in the moment, planning and prioritizing to set and meet goals, task initiation, take action to get started on tasks or organization, keep track of things physically and mentally. So we all most likely have a dysfunction in in all of those. The levels of dysfunction in those is 
is where we're all different. That's the spectrum. I know there's multiple, but what would you say is the one thing that's like definitely that's that's where I'm probably and it it might not just be one. You're probably could be very close in in most, but pick one that you think is like that's probably the one thing that I would working memory. Me, I will forget like with I already forgot what we were talking about. Like that's a, <laughs> it's, yeah. Definitely for me. I think mine would be organization. Be I don't like that you're not participating in this right now, although I feel like these are your numbers here that we're looking at. No, no, at, this so. is not. Everyone has, everyone, not even people with ADHD, this is how you function. So these are the, these are the, the eight things that everybody has to learn how to manage or basically manage growing up. So kids have not developed executive functioning the way adults have. So that's why kids are, are typically the way they are. Some kids are different. Some kids are better or worse at, at managing these, but at some point, if you're a neurotypical person, you probably will develop these executive functions very well. Or you might, one or two don't develop very well, but that doesn't really cause the barriers that you have as ADHD. So if you have, I believe it's five or six, but you have to have more. So the reason why I wanted to do this is to see how where, what your choices are versus what mine would be because men versus women and there's definitely a difference and a lot of women aren't diagnosed early because of certain things. A lot of it's because of the hyperactivity, right? A lot of people are like identify with the kids like jumping off the walls and that sometimes can be seen more in boys and it's not the it's not meaning that girls aren't that way. It's there's this stigma that they have to be yes. a certain way. Yeah. So they're trying to repress it. Well, especially in the time right. we grew up in, it was different. I actually wrote that down, pressure to be yeah, a certain but... way or to present in a certain way and be like that proper girl, you know, girls act this way. You don't, you don't say. Boys will be boys. Girls will sit with their hands together and their legs crossed. And that, that goes back to the cloning or the like trying to fit into those things. You get really good at this is how I'm supposed to be in the general public. So I'm going to, I'm going to try as my really hard to be that way and you learn to be that way but then what happens is well you just look like you're not interested in things or you're the quiet kid in the back and they usually just get passed on to the next grade because they're not disrupting the class i actually i i was not a problem but it was i was hyper i was crazy and hyper and um talked to everybody i couldn't shut up i was always talking even they would warn me like don't talk and then i would like find a sneaky way to like converse with my friend next to me to the point where they suggested to put me in a desk with walls what well, that's why I wanted to bring that up because I remember you presenting in that way. So it was apparent, which is like, why did nobody kind of, and I was very much that yeah. way too. But I think because I was a boy, they were like, he's yeah. a boy. He's just he's, he's he's acting like a boy does. Yeah. But yeah. Which is, which is terrible, obviously, but it, it, uh, it wasn't, it was, but it was also not identified with me as well, which. <laughs> Back in the day when actually, you know what, it's funny because now that you're mentioning this, I'm thinking of like my mom used to constantly as a kid, because I, I guess as like a younger kid, I was very like, I would talk to anybody who would listen to me because that was like my joy. Okay. Attention, attention, attention. And that kind of dissipated once, once you get that kind of constraint put into you. also like my family 
family's Mennonites, so there's like, what will people think used to be written on every wall in our house. But like, I remember my dad getting pulled over once for not fully stopping at a stop sign. And he talked his way very, very good at uh, talking his way out of stuff and being charming. And then I crawled into the front and leaned out the window and said, there are no seatbelts in this car. And the guy was like, apparently he let it go anyway, because he thought I was funny. There, my niece actually, I was, she the other day was, we were playing Wii and uh, she's at that age now being like, being nine that you can kind of like beak each other. And so I said to her, I was like, oh, Lucy, are we going to like, will you play like this with me when, when you're older too? And she's like, yeah. And then she was like, do you want me to put it in writing or something? And I was like, no, no, no. And then I said, but even when you're my age? And she was like, oh, no, not when I'm your age. And I said, why not? And she said, because you'll be dead. <laughs> hey, so this was super fun. Yeah, um, and Mindy, so let's be friends um, and keep in touch. And we don't have to include Donovan all the time. We can just, like, you know, do our own thing. Did you guys just become best friends? Yeah, it's it's the yeah. ADHD connection. It's <laughs> run strong. Okay, okay, I'll talk to you guys later. Yeah, thanks, Mindy. Thank you so much well, for uh, it. This is great. I'm just tickled pink. I had a great morning. This is the, now I'll have a productive afternoon. Now that I'm chock full of dopamine. <laughs>